Well, I, I feel so bad for Metamorpho. I mean, the guy can morph into anything, and throughout this comic, what he mostly morphs into is Jimmy's underwear. His face <laughs> is always on Jimmy's like butt or crotch, and I felt so bad. But, and, but I mean, that seems to be a choice that Metamorpho makes. But if I'm going to be morphing into somebody's underwear and attaching myself to their groin area, I would probably put myself like further down the leg as or my face further down the leg as much as possible. I really thought you were going to just pick someone else, like like Superman or Wonder Woman or. You don't oh, want to be on Jimmy Olsen's crotch. You know, I got to tell you, man, I don't really want to be on anyone's crotch. But that's just me. Another failed name of our podcast. <laughs> I don't think I can handle this. Is everything okay? A cloudy day in Metropolis. Oh, God. I think I'll talk to my analyst. I got it so bad for this little journalist. Dude, I think you're having a stroke. <laughs> oh, Lois Lane, please put me in your plan. Yeah, Lois Lane, you don't need no Superman. Come on downtown and stay with me tonight. I, I got a pocket full of kryptonite. Oh, Roman, I've told you 41 times we are not making a Spin Doctors fanboy podcast, but also probably because I'd be useless on it because I don't know who the Spin Doctors are. Where were you in the 90s? Can't we at least publicly acknowledge that Jimmy Olsen Blues was one of the greatest songs to come out in 1991? Well, I think you meant to say Brian Adams' hit song, Everything I Do, I Do It For You. Yes. Yes, I did listen to that on the radio multiple times, weeping. <laughs> I really do think that should be the name of this podcast. Everything I Do. I do it for you. Ah, uh, you're making me blush. I'm Roman Segal. I'm Ryan Joe. And we're two dudes who still haven't unsubscribed from the Daily Planet. Great Caesar's ghost. This week, we're continuing our subversive superhero series. Say that three times fast. And reading Matt Fraction's subversive superhero series, subversive superhero series, subversive superhero series. I failed. What are we reading, and Roman? More- Matt Fraction's 2020 reboot of Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, illustrated by Steve Lieber. Matt Fraction's an Eisner award-winning writer. He's known for his unique, sometimes edgier, realistic takes on books like Hawkeye, which we've read, Iron Man, Iron Fist, and Sex Criminals. So Fraction tackling a historically silly book like Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, which was an actual book by Jack Kirby, it really piqued my interest. And honestly, I was not sure what to expect. Sure, Jimmy Olsen's an ace photographer turned content creator. He's a bow-tied bon vivant and adventurer. But as the book asks, why does Jimmy get to be Superman's best friend? I keep asking myself that same question. In a book that embraces its own madcap weirdness, Jimmy wanders the weird corners of the DC universe to solve the mystery of his own murder with some zany characters old and new, bearing an interdimensional jewel thief and not getting the marriage and old, being tormented by a blood-vomiting cat, which I thought Ryan would like the most, hanging out with his pal Metamorpho, decoding his crazy criminal conspiracy with Lois Lane, and starting a prank war with Batman, and of course, avoiding his best friend Superman, which you should do with your best friends. The narrations alone made this book an oddly interesting read, but Ryan, I have to ask, what was your take? Well, I I feel so bad for Metamorpho. I mean, the guy can morph into anything. And throughout this comic, what he mostly morphs into is Jimmy's underwear. His face (laughs) is always on Jimmy's like butt or crotch. And I felt so bad. But that, 
I mean, that seems to be a choice that Metamorpho makes. But if I'm going to be morphing into somebody's underwear and attaching myself to their groin area, I would probably put myself like further down the leg as or my face further down the leg as much as possible. I really thought you were going to just pick someone else like like Superman or Wonder Woman. Or... You don't oh. want to be on Jimmy Olsen's crotch. You know, I got to tell you, man, I don't really want to be on anyone's crotch. But that's just me. Another failed name of our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I I actually really liked, you know, Fraction kind of preserving the madcap weirdness that, you know, I honestly haven't read any recent Jimmy Olsen comics, but, you know, I know he got into some really weird antics in like the 60s. You know, he dressed as a turtle for, you know, just weird shit would happen to him. And Fraction really kind of picked up the ball and ran with that. And he also structured his whole arc very, very interestingly. It's completely nonlinear. So it opens with Jimmy doing one thing, and then suddenly in the next episode, Jimmy is doing something else. And the next episode, Jimmy is doing something else. And it's all very, very fragmented. It comes together at the end. But I thought that was like a really kind of innovative way to kind of get into Jimmy Olsen and all of his weird madcap adventures, which don't seem to be related at all. Though, of course, we learn at the end that they are. Well, well, to be clear, Jimmy Olsen hasn't had a comic book since the 60s and 70s. When so Kirby, maybe, maybe that's why. Maybe that's well, why. Well, well, but no, and that's and I've not read those books, but it's kind of like a cliche in comic books. Like anyone listening, just Google Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen and you'll see these insanely silly covers from the 60s and 70s, the Silver Age of Comics. And it's those hilarious covers that have like the word balloons on them and it's just this weird zany adventure but ever since then jimmy's kind of been comic relief punching bag that appears in superman comics and they do try to make him a more significant character but you don't need that and you know i was watching a film essay talking about Zack snyder and why he doesn't get superman because in the very first scene in superman v batman they shoot jimmy olsen and jimmy just doesn't exist and Jimmy has to exist because he's not the everyman like Robin, but he's just like, gosh, this is crazy, you know? Yeah, that was such a weird decision by Zack Snyder to turn Jimmy Olsen into the spy who gets caught and shot in the head. Jimmy Olsen isn't a badass. He's never done that like Mark Millar in Red Sun when he's uh, Stalin's illegal son. (laughs) Wait, what was Jimmy Olsen's role there? No, you're right. No, no, no. Pete Ross was Stalin's illegal son in Red Sun. Jimmy Olsen was a CIA agent. And Red Sun. Anyway, I digress. Yeah, oh, that's Zack right. Sucks. That's that's true. But even yeah, at least in Red Sun, he's kind of like the sort of goofy sort of dude, and you know, he's playing with the fact that he's allied with Lex Luthor. He's Lex Luthor's best friend instead of Superman's best friend. So there's a subversion of that in Red Sun, uh, whereas in Zack Snyder, he's just like, let's just make him like a generically handsome badass, and it's like, well, you take everything that makes Jimmy Olsen unique and weird, and you just strip it from him. And the weirdness, that's, look, I had expectations a little too high for this book because it was, you know, kind of a media darling. It's by a writer I like. It seemed zany and weird. I I don't think it met my expectations, but I enjoyed it, if that makes sense. And I think that's my own fault for, like, really well, wanting to read this. No, it definitely was too long. It was, like, 360 pages. It probably could have been a much better book if it were honestly probably about 150. Mm-hmm. It did wear out its welcome. Like a third of the way through, once you kind of figure out Matt Fraction's tricks, he kind of repeats it, but not in a way that takes it to another level. It, it sort of like begins with chaos, right? Jimmy Olsen, all of the shit's happening to him. He's got a vomiting Red Lantern cat. He's married to this woman he doesn't even know. And then more weird stuff happens to him. So there's this chaos that's really interesting. And then in the middle of it, he says, hey, 
it's all going to fit together at the end. So he's signaling that, oh, hey, this is actually going to going to work out. This is actually going to come together. It will eventually make sense, which keeps you reading. But as Fraction brings all of these different elements together, you realize it's actually a really boring story that he's telling. Like, it, it does, it's kind of inconsequential. I've said this before, and it just occurred to me. I feel like comics need to be read the way they were meant to be read. And you and I read this over the course of probably three or four days in one sitting, effectively. Yeah. Versus once a month, going to your comic book store, picking up all your other grim and gritty shit, indie, whatever, and just picking up an issue of silliness. Because as you were saying, I was like, man, this would have been a good webcomic if I could have read this in installments. And it's the Netflix problem. It's TV is better when it's watched once a night, once a week, whatever. Not. I don't like binging. I like reading it, enjoying it, laughing it, laughing at it, thinking about it, coming back to it. I think this would have been better as 12 issues over the course of a year, which is how it was released. To to read it in one sitting, to your point, it did feel long. But if yeah. I was reading this once a month, I think I would have enjoyed myself more. I would have found it's myself trying to connect the dots better, too. I mean, it's possible. I mean, but at the same time, I don't know. I don't feel comfortable like just excusing like a book's narrative missteps by saying, well, if only we'd read it like one episode a month rather than binging. Well, no, but but to defend that, I think it's sometimes things felt repetitive. Sometimes things felt a little drawn out. And I think those are narrative devices to bring the monthly reader along or for the reader who's just picking it up. Like we need to reestablish these things over and over and over again. I mean, I'm not disputing that that's why they're there. I'm just disputing <laughs> that it makes the book any good. It, you know, because it's like, again, you know, the best, just because something is being released as a serial doesn't mean it shouldn't hold together as, you know, a consolidated graphic novel. I mean, like Charles Dickens wrote, all of his novels were serials. He kind of published them, you know, chapters monthly. Yeah, and it's terrible to read. No, it doesn't. Wait, really? Fuck, you think so? Charles Dickens. Yeah. Wait, why? It's a slot. So when I read Charles Dickens, I was like, I was wondering how we're going to fill this hour about Jimmy Olsen. And <laughs> let's argue about Charles Dickens. I hated reading Charles Dickens. And when I was in school having to write whatever report and I read in whatever encyclopedia <laughs> before the internet that he was paid by the word. And that's why he was so fucking wordy. I was like, fuck Charles Dickens. Like, uh, no, like, but again, I can to read it, hit to read it once a week in a newspaper. Huh? That that seems like it would be better. It would have been a better oh, experience. I, I and like I, I, I'm going to say English <clears throat> teachers should make their students read one chapter of Charles Dickens a week. Do you think do. maybe you didn't like it because it was part of your homework? No, I love reading. I've loved reading forever. There's tons of books I read that I loved reading, and Charles Dickens was not one of them because I was being forced to binge something that was serialized. Really, I, I just love how his stuff is often just so so weird and gothic, and everyone is always this sort of. You have of a thing heightened... for Miss Havisham, don't you? I've always wanted Miss Havisham. I've always wanted to eat that <laughs> wedding cake. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally the only character I can remember the name of, even though the names of his characters are the names of his books. <laughs> oh, isn't isn't she a great character though? I mean, she's this pissed off old woman in this rotting mansion surrounded by all of her all of her wedding food and this wet in her rotting wedding dress. I mean, what an image. I mean, I want to be her when I grow up. 
And then she creates this, and then she creates this little image of herself, this little doll that she's sending off into the world to enact her revenge on men. I mean, just holy shit, lady. I don't know. So I, I love stuff like that. So I've always been. I would read. I would read a Zack Snyder reboot of Mrs. Havisham. Well, you can instead see the Zack Snyder reboot of JLA, which I guess is a reboot of the movie that rebooted his movie. I have a feeling that's actually going to be coming out as this episode is being released. <laughs> can we do a special movie edition of that, please? Well, actually, I wouldn't mind doing that. Also, I'm kind of curious if in the Zack Snyder reboot, he I'm going to bring it back to Jimmy Olsen. I'm kind of curious if he actually rethinks his decision to kill Jimmy Olsen. Oh, wait, was no. that Batman versus Superman or was that JLA? It was it was it was, it was, it was I, it's one of them. I don't know. It starts out in the desert. Jimmy Olsen, he is a photographer with Lois Lane and he is shot it's at the beginning of batman v superman and again it's Zack snyder doesn't care about superman he's literally on record saying things that just show he doesn't understand superman and look even though this book is jimmy olsen and superman is kind of not even making cameos he's barely exists in the book he's referenced a lot by criminals who don't want to touch jimmy olsen because they're afraid of superman this book exists in superman's universe and it exists in it, it almost like amplifies is, Superman. Is it, is it within continuity? I would think so. I don't oh. care. I mean, yes, DC seems to care less about continuity anyway. <laughs> no, but, shit. <laughs> no, but it, like... it, this book and this this take and this lighthearted nature and this fun not only explains why Jimmy is needed for Superman to exist, but it amplifies and exemplifies what makes Superman great. I don't know. Superman's kind of like a side like a like a side character in this one. He's sort of no no I mean, no no, you... no no but. The lighthearted nature of that this character can exist in Superman's universe like this. Yeah, I, again, it's to me, it amplifies the Superman story, the Superman continuity more. I me. don't know. I feel like Grant Morrison already did an amazing job on that with All-Star Superman. Like that is like oh, needed we should read show. that for this. I know, right? Actually, maybe we'll, we should shoehorn it in because I, I freaking would love to just go back to it and read it because it's just a pleasure to read. This this podcast is very quickly becoming about Grant Morrison. <laughs> well, books. I think you know what though. I mean, uh, so here's why I didn't like the the Jimmy Olsen. Well, at least here's why Jimmy Olsen wore out its welcome, and it wasn't just that the tricks became repetitive. It's because I became increasingly aware that everything that it was adding up to was completely. Well, a predictable. I mean, you know who the villain is, who the mysterious villain is, pretty early on, and they're still, when even when they're still making a mystery out of it, and then it all leads up to a very unsatisfactory conclusion. You know, I know Jimmy Olsen's life is being threatened, but you never really believe it's being threatened, given all of right. the zany, weird adventures he goes through. He's gone through so much, done through so much weird stuff. A hidden assassin going after Jimmy Olsen, that might be a threat to like Clint Barton, like the, the you know, Hawkeye who yeah. uh, that Bad Fraction wrote about. But it's not you know, for Jimmy Olsen. He's like, whatever. This, this shit just happens. So the threats don't feel like threats. And the ultimate mystery isn't a mystery. And you realize that Matt Fraction is putting the pieces of this fractured narrative together in service of an ultimately very banal conclusion. And that's such a disappointment, actually, because it begins with such a bang, such, you know, just weird shit. And you wish that he would have ended it on that same kind of note. You wish that it would have gotten weirder and weirder instead of just bringing all the pieces together and trying to, like, impose some sort of order onto things. Well, to your point, like, yeah, the first issue or whatever, the preview issue, it's like... I'm in Gorilla City. 
I just got drunk. I just slept with the woman. I married yeah. her. There's a cat vomiting on me. And it only sprinkles in the weirdness. And I was comparing this to Hawkeye, uh, which we read on this podcast, which also by Matt Braction, because why wasn't this more like that? Not, you know, beat for beat, because Hawkeye is very much existing in the real world, observing all of these shitty things happening to him, which are the result of his decision. And I know you didn't like it. as well. I guess my question to you is, as Matt Fraction books about semi-supporting characters living in these like superhero universes, which did you like more, Jimmy Olsen oh, or Hawkeye? Oh, no, no, Hawkeye. I like Hawkeye. They're yeah. really, really different, right? Because like Jimmy Olsen is like weird shit just happens to him. And Fraction here is actually almost trying to ground him a little bit. By ground him, I mean he like references social media influencers and all that stuff. He brings in stuff from the real world to almost sort of like make the weirdness sort of relatable. And then with Hawkeye, Hawkeye is actually a really grounded character. He doesn't do much except shoot arrows. He's a guy who when you punch him in the chin, he's actually going to bleed. And when he so when he inserts some moment of weirdness like his superhero ex-girlfriends or the fact that he has a net arrow it feels genuinely odd in this otherwise very grounded world of bedsty so it's almost kind of like doing the exact opposite of what jimmy olsen did and so hawkeye kind of worked much better throughout its entire run because it's this guy who's just trying to make rent he's got this dog and man he's just overworked i mean we all relate to that with jimmy olsen it's weird i think you hit the nail on the head even though Hawkeye's an Avenger, he came across very relatable, right? All of the problems yeah. he had. I didn't relate to Jimmy, and not because he's not a real person like me, but the way he deals with these situations are... He's a cartoon. I he's mean, a cartoon. His and, 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 they did, and, and they didn't embrace the cartooniness enough. They just sprinkled in one cartoony thing, a prank war with Batman, Metamorpho as the underwear, yeah. is an interdimensional ex-girlfriend. But it didn't lean hard enough into the weird that the Jack Kirby Jimmy Olsen did. I enjoyed, to be clear, I enjoyed the book. But I think you hit the nail on the head of what if I couldn't relate to Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy Olsen can't be hurt. I mean, he can't be hurt. He gets turned into a giant. He gets turned into a turtle and falls through space. He's like this character who you don't really believe anything can actually kill him. But you him. know, but no, but Clint Barton can I'm be not, hurt. No, but I'm not. It's not that. That's not it. Like, it's fine. That's the zaniness. One, he can't be hurt because Superman's his best friend. Two, he can't be hurt because of science fiction. But as a character, there's no consequences for anything. That We're saying the same thing, though. Like, when I say you can't be hurt, there's no consequences to it, right? If yeah. you can't be hurt, it doesn't matter if somebody's trying to kill you. I mean, I know, like, yes, no, but he, he doesn't, he doesn't, shot, no, but, but he, no, but what do I mean? He doesn't feel bad. The relationships that yeah. he damages, that's like the right, human that, drama yeah. isn't there. He faked, he faked his own death and no one's upset about it. Or <laughs> when people find out that You're he's like, not ah, really it's Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you could go both ways with this, right? You could try to ground Jimmy like he grounded Clint Barton and in the real world, this guy who's got real problems, or you can make him this cartoon character who just gets involved in these really zany things. But then you have to make the overarching meta narrative. You can't make it as simplistic as Matt Fraction made it. It really has to be kind of like next level oddity in order to make that work. Or you need to give a Jimmy Olsen some human character around him who can be hurt. And so in that way, Jimmy Olsen needs to grow up, be the protector or something. There needs to be actual stakes involved. And there really isn't any. And because there isn't any, and because it became evident that there wouldn't be any a third of the way through the book, that's when I was like, all right, I think I, think I get it. I think I'm done. 
Well, you know, it's interesting there. There's not a supporting cast. There are supporting actors, like people who show up Mm. for two to three issues, right? Lois shows up for a little bit. His sister shows up for a little bit. Even Lex as a protagonist or Batman as an antagonist, they show up for a little bit. But to your point, there's no, you know, like make the lawyer or the landlord a character whose eyes were seeing this through an inconsequential character because you can't rewrite Batman. You can't. And they do a little too much with Lex. I don't know. Yeah, I I I think that's what what it's missing. I actually wish there was more Batman. And so the thing about (laughs) the thing about Matt Fraction is that initially he kind of rethinks Batman. Batman is sort of like this meathead, kind of almost like this idiot and who's an asshole who's who just thinks like you're either my enemy or my friend or something like that. And and it's just, he's almost like an imbecile the way he does Batman initially. And I think that thought that was really, really funny. And then later on, Batman kind of shifts and Batman just becomes like regular Batman who is super competent and can do almost anything. And even the, the font that they use for Batman's dialogue, initially it's this really weird font that probably shows this, the strange voice that he's using. And then like midway through, the font in the word balloons actually shifts. And it's like when that's when Batman becomes more normal. And I actually kind of wish Fraction had gone all the way through with that weird Batman arc. It's almost sort of like almost runs into the same problem as Kate Bishop, actually, in Hawkeye, where her character is very malleable depending on what the needs of like Clint Barton. When she's with Clint Barton, she needs to be the mature, exasperated sister. And when she's on her own, she needs to be just like, I don't know what the hell's going on. I'm this rich girl who doesn't know anything. And it's almost the same thing that happens with Batman. Initially, he's kind of an imbecile and Superman's like, sorry, he's such an asshole. And later on, he's more like a regular Batman character. (laughs) Yeah, I wanted more of the fun I wanted us to like take the piss out of Batman a little bit more. Yeah, um, that he, it's so like, many, he did initially. He did initially. It's just he just he didn't he didn't see it through. He just it's like he gave up. He literally gave up. Yeah, because it kind of the pretext is we're not going to talk about Superman. So we're going to use this to like literally take the piss out of the other major DC character. I that's actually well, Jimmy Olsen's the perfect vehicle for that, right? He kind of flirts with that with Batman. I would have actually liked to have seen Jimmy Olsen, almost like the Deadpool character, right? Taking the piss out of the other DC superheroes. And he, again, teases that with Batman, but he doesn't do it with anybody else. And that that's actually would have been a really cool opportunity. Yeah, it's almost like the Rick Jones thing. He knows everyone because of his relationship with Superman, but he doesn't know him well, but he can kind of get away with murder, how he fucks with Green Lantern, how he might fuck with Wonder Woman, etc. There were there were some elements that I enjoyed. There's obviously a lot of pretty interesting deep cuts, right? Like literally Lex's wardrobe color choice harkens back to like some of his costumes. I like the Calvin Coolidge shtick. <laughs> like, I don't even know what town it was in. Um, Calvin Coolidge College? <laughs> In Calvin City, Connecticut. Yeah. There are great little gags throughout. Like, remember when Jimmy does the James Bond thing, right? He swims up to the casino, which is actually a high school casino. And then he takes off his his wetsuit. And of course, there's that white tuxedo underneath it. And then later on, when he goes back into the water, he takes off his white tuxedo where there's another wetsuit underneath it i mean it's just like like little details like that are really really funny or it's like just... the four the four the four supermans well one thing i really liked was lil olsen's i i wish oh, they had yeah. done more with those almost like because there was one moment where the jimmy and drawn like literally the family circus almost or peanuts and they show the moment where he takes a picture of lex luther in his dad's office and they cut to it and all of a sudden it's jimmy as a teenager like this kind of Calvin and Hobbes, 
two different versions of reality. I wanted them to do more with it. So lots of gags, lots of deep cuts, but not going far enough with any of them, not committing to any one thing. I think yeah. that's another thing that was missing for me. Yeah. Gosh, I, now, now that I just think about it, what would have happened if Wonder Woman showed up or the Flash or one of the Green Lanterns? I mean, I'm, it's, it feels, now that we're talking about it, it does feel like a missed opportunity. To, in, instead of trying to bring all of those weird threads together in a way that makes conventional sense, just keep going, just keep making it weird and madcap. And maybe certain things will connect throughout the end and maybe it won't, but who knows? You know, just embrace the weirdness don't try to bring order to chaos because that is from a dramatic perspective so not interesting you know what my absolute favorite thing was about this book what's your absolute favorite thing about this book the intros to every chapter mm. those were i mean those were great just hearkening back to the old golden age actually that would be silver age of comics yeah and, 50s, and even like 60s, breaking yeah. the wall a little they talk to and a lot of these they're like talking to the editor they're talking to the reader it was just silly and usually the way the chapters open or the issues open with the first scene were pretty funny like the gags were good i think it was trying to be two things what two things a really silly weird comic and a comic book with a plot <laughs> and i don't think you should try to be both yeah yeah, that, I, I totally agree. That was Fraction's mistake. And honestly, who cares about plot? This is Jimmy Olsen. It's never about plot with Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> you know, but I do like the way, I don't know, like you were talking about those gags and there were the opening pages, right? That kind of harken back to that, the Silver Age. And I remember when there's that one that opens up with Batman and it says he's enjoying a dish, you know, because he's eating with, he's eating, but he's also eating with a very attractive woman. And there's a little asterisk. You know, where it says, dish, a beautiful woman, also a plate where you consume food. You know, stuff like that. It's very tongue-in-cheek, and it leads very nicely into this scene with Batman eating with a socialite influencer who doesn't give a shit about him, or Bruce Wayne eating with her. And that stuff gives, like, so much energy and interest to this world that, well, not to beat a dead horse, it just has never really paid off. Yeah. I like the art. It was consistent. <laughs> I think we ran out of things to say about this about this bad boy. <laughs> and we've spent like 10 of but the minutes know, talking about Zack Snyder well, and Charles Dickens. <laughs> you know, but that kind of emphasizes, right? It, it just kind of shows how slight Jimmy Olsen is. Like, there are always those movies and books or comics where you say, I had a good time. And then there's like silence because there's nothing else to say about it. And again, we can talk about the allusions to different things, to the Silver Age of comics. There's a panel in here of, of an astronaut that recalls a famous... A panel from EC Comics writ drawn by Joe Orlando. But again, like it's like a cool homage, but there's not much more to say about it other than that's an homage. Well, this is, again, I want to come back to format a little bit and come back to the Netflix problem. You know, Netflix's Marvel shows, never mind the first seasons of things like Daredevil and Jessica Jones, but the second and third seasons of all of, of Netflix Marvel shows, they all felt a little bit too long. And why did they feel long? Well, because Netflix said you've got to do 13 episodes when really Jessica Jones season two could have been done in seven episodes. And the fact that DC said you've got to make 12 issues of exactly this much page length and go. So you're literally trying to fill a round hole with a square peg. And 
I think had this been a webcomic, you know, I still like the idea of Serial releasing it once a week, once a month, but not every issue needs to be whatever, however many pages a comic book is, 28 pages, 30 pages. Just tell the gag, be weird, move the plot and characters along as much as you need to and get out. Because to your point, if I wouldn't trim 100 pages in any one place, I would just tighten it up and I would tighten up every issue and just get it to be the weirdness with what little bit of plot you need. Don't yeah. feel like you need to stretch the gags out. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the end. The ending, it, it kind of became about the plot. And that's when you always get a little bit bored, especially when you know exactly where the plot is going or when the plot just gets kind of ridiculous. Yeah. So it could have been a lot more or it could have been a lot less if they just trimmed it, which would have made us enjoy it more. Actually, would you be interested in doing webtoons? Korean webtoons like that scene is pretty intense and I've also noticed like a lot of movies are being made and Netflix shows are being made based off of Korean webtoons really give um, me an example <laughs> sweet home oh. on Netflix beauty water is an animated horror movie but it originated as a Korean webtoon and there was another one that I just learned about yesterday and it eludes me at the moment yeah sure but why think, not but the the issue is accessibility and there's also like I'll also like a pretty and reading Korean <laughs> Well, that's the issue. A lot of them haven't been interpreted, or the interpretation is really, really. I, 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 I imagine. Really clunky. I imagine me holding up a Google Lens, you know, the thing that does auto translate my phone over my tablet while I'm reading it. Well, download the Webtoon app on your iPad because that's where all of the webtoons are. It's not an easy interface, though. I'm still like figuring that out. Make a recommendation, and I will read your weird shit, Ryan. It's the least I can do. <laughs> read Beauty Water, baby. Yeah, that one's a, that one's creepy. That's <laughs> a lot. Why am I not surprised that that's where you took me first? So, Ryan, I got to ask a question. Yeah. What are we reading next week? Well, next week, it's the Moon Knight reboot by Warren Ellis. Ellis is the guy, if you have a stagnant superhero property, you roll up the Brinks truck to his front door, and he rejuvenates it for four issues or so before he passes it on to somebody else, and they run it into the ground. So Moon Knight is one of the properties that Warren Ellis rebooted for Marvel. Moon Knight, it was definitely probably like a tertiary character, if even that. Batman ripoff. A, totally a Batman ripoff, which is actually something that Warren Ellis plays with within his interpretation of Moon Knight. And he definitely brings it some fresh energy. So we're going to talk about that next week. And I hope you join us. And that's our show. Like what you heard? Please be sure to subscribe, share with a friend, and leave us a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your fine podcasts. Got a suggestion? Shoot us a note. QTDcomics at gmail.com. We give you a social media handle, but we're old and frankly that feels like too much work i'm roman segel and i am and have always been ryan jones